0: What's up, Salem? It's a podcast where every other week we take a look at what's going on in Salem and all things Salem-related. My name is Joe Devine. I'm the Assistant Town Manager here in Salem, and joining me on this journey is Ross Malbop. How's it going, Ross? Oh, everything's great. Thank (laughs) you. Great. Today we have Chief Joel Dolan with the Salem Police Department joining us. How's it going, Chief?
1: Very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time to come in. Um, Let's just kick things off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Salem and how you... How you like police work?
1: Yeah, a little bit about my background. I was born and raised in Lowell, Massachusetts. I uh, went to Lowell Public Schools, uh, started my college at uh, UMass Lowell, uh, and then I uh, started looking for police jobs. It's something I've always wanted to do. So I really had no uh, – wasn't really looking to do anything else in my life. Uh, I, I knew from a very young age that this is – the. the field that I wanted to be in so uh, back in the early 90s when I was uh, looking for police jobs it's a different bit it was a different hiring environment than it is now so you had probably town like Salem would have four or five hundred people coming out for one job Um, so it was it was really difficult to get hired back then Uh, the mass civil service test had a lot of veterans coming back from the first war in Iraq uh, so that they, they took preference on it. So just started uh, looking for jobs and I was able to uh, get uh, picked up by the con- town of Conway, New Hampshire Police Department as a, as a full-time officer. I had been dispatching in Pelham, New Hampshire uh, part-time and got the full-time job in, in Conway and uh, wasn't finished school yet, but um, I, I realized that school would always be there and the jobs may not always be there. So I, I jumped at the opportunity Moved up there, had a great start to my police career. Uh, A couple years into that, got an itch to move to something bigger, so I transferred over to the uh, Portland, Maine Police Department, which is uh, the largest municipal police department in the state of Maine. Worked there for uh, almost seven years, and I was a canine handler. Got involved in uh, some union leadership at the time, negotiated some police contracts, um, worked well with the city, Uh, and then at that time started having a family and just wanted to move closer to home. Uh, so I was able to in 2003. I was fortunate enough to be uh, hired by the Salem Police Department. So I'm in my just finishing up my 20th year here in in Salem, and uh, I've had a very fortunate career in Salem. I've had some, I've been promoted through the ranks. I've been able to uh, work up from patrolman to the to the position that I'm in today and uh, work with a great group of officers along the way, and, and I'm glad to be uh, in the position that I am today. Uh, and I also, during the time, went back and finished my career. I mean, finished my college. I finished my, got my bachelor's in uh, criminal justice administration from Granite State College and went on to uh, complete my master's degree in administrative leadership from the University of Oklahoma. Um, I've also been fortunate to attend the FBI National Academy, which is the premier leadership school in law enforcement. Uh, in, the, in the world, and then also the Police Executive Research Forum, Senior Management Institute for Police, uh, held at Boston University every year. So, uh, some really high level uh, executive training that. I've been fortunate to attend, and uh, it's kind of shaped my uh, leadership style, and um, you know, provided some insight of, of ways that not only how Salem can be better, but how the profession can be better. Uh, personally, I'm married. Uh, my wife Kelly. We live in town. Uh, between us, we have uh, four child, uh, four kids, uh, two boys, two girls, ranging in age from 24 to 13.
2: Well, wow. great, great intro. Yeah. Thank you. Can you tell us uh, what's happening in terms of crime trends? over the last few years in Salem? Calls, uh, volume of calls, things going up, things going down. What are the types of calls that are probably the the primary uh, responses that you're doing?
1: Yeah, Salem's really shifted over the years um, and, and we're still coming out of the Uh, we're almost on the tail end of the the pandemic response and seeing how the the town and our response to calls changed over those years. Uh, Historically, Salem's a very safe town. We don't have a lot of um, violent crime. We don't have a lot of uh, crimes against persons. We do, as you can probably imagine, just by our base and our retail base, a lot of property crimes, uh, a lot of... uh, cars being broken into, a lot of shoplifting, but even that's tended to shift away uh, lately with the with the closure of the real brick and mortar stores and the the growth of online shopping. So we don't have the amount of shoplifting arrests that we may have had 10, 15 years ago. I remember as a as a patrolman uh, Black Friday weekend we'd have You'd have three, four cars just parked outside the mall processing, shoplifting arrests. And so we, we don't have that. So the town's kind of tended to shift away from that. still have a lot of, um, in, in not open-air drug uh, transactions, but we still have a lot of uh, drug transactions that happen in, in, in town just by our proximity being on uh, 93, right over the Massachusetts border, some of the hubs, uh, major New England hubs of um fentanyl distribution are within a 10-15 minute drive from Salem, so we deal with a lot of uh, overflow from, from area communities, specifically Massachusetts. So we still have that, and one of the things we, real, uh, we saw not realize but uh, that happened, we saw an uptick in during the uh, pandemic, uh, was substance abuse as well as um, domestic violence. And whether it was people who were sheltered in together and, and people who would normally work and have that break being away from each other and maybe calm some tensions down, um, didn't have that any longer. It, it Our increase in domestic violence, uh, we saw that, uh, as well as an increase in, in uh, sexual assaults, which led us to seek grant funding through the state for our Victim Witness Advocate that originally focused specifically on domestic violence and sexual assaults, which we've been able to expand that recently with the passing of this year's budget to um, so that it's now a full-time position that can handle any crime that happens in Salem um, that would be handled in the Salem District Court. So we're fortunate enough to have that uh, opportunity and have that resource available to the community. Those are most of the trends we had we had seen our The overdose deaths and overdose occurrences have been down slightly over the last 18 months, uh, but we're seeing we're starting to see an uptick in in that in our deaths to date almost just now in 2023 are almost equal to our number that we had total for 2022. So um, whether that's there there could be any number of that, whether it's the um, lack of availability for for some people with the Narcan, whether it's uh, more people coming out of rehab and then using again, which is which we see is common with with overdose deaths. They come out of rehab and try to use the same amount they were using prior to going in, not realizing that they their body doesn't have that tolerance any longer. So when they go right back to to where they were, uh, it unfortunately ends in in tragedy.
0: So you mentioned the victim-witness advocate. Uh, For the listeners who may not know, can you kind of give us a brief overview of the police department about your command structure, uh, number of officers, um, just kind of how your department is made up?
1: Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so we have uh, seventy full time police officers. Of that, the the senior administration, which con- consists of myself, a deputy chief, and two captains. Uh, the two captains o- each oversee a bureau of the police department. One is the operations bureau, which is probably the most uh, visible. And when you think of the Salem Police Department, is the one you may think of because it consists of all uniformed functions of the police department as well as dispatch. So if you're if you're on your initial contact with the Salem Police Department, whether it's a uh, just seeing an officer on the street, seeing a, a call for service, initial call for service, you're going to deal with the the Operations Bureau. So that's that's the backbone of the police department. has the most numbers um, in the Consists of our patrol shifts, which are broken down into three shifts. We have a day shift, evening shift, and an overnight shift. We do have 24 7 coverage, 365 days a year. Our dispatch is open 24 hours uh, at the same amount of time. We self dispatch, which means we don't sub out any of our contracted services to, um, say, like Rockingham County or, or State Police. Every, we handle everything in house. Uh, the other side of the house is the Operations Support uh, Bureau, and that consists of maybe some of the behind the scene stuff, uh, follow up investigations, that'll be detectives, school resource officers, and um, the victim witness advocate, prosecution records. So all the support, all the, the, a lot of the civilians and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that keeps the police department running so that the patrol officers can go out and do their job and have the follow up is the operation support bureau. We also have the special services division which falls under uh, the Operations Bureau, which is really our community policing unit. So that that's broken into many range, uh, many areas of, of focus to include training, the uh, community problem-oriented policing team, our new elder affairs officer, which is a grant position to the United States Department of Justice, our scheduling and fleet maintenance, animal control officer. So a lot of lot of a lot of different disciplines all under one roof but it, it allows us to really increase our community engagement, and the community pol- probably problem-oriented policing unit is designed to have two officers that can go into a neighborhood if we're having hot spots, if we're having problems, uh, re- re- recurring problems where a patrol officer who's answering call to call to call might not have the time or the resources to dedicate to- To find a solution to the problem Uh, the community problem oriented policing team is designed to go in there get to the root of the problem solve it so that we're not sending resources on day after day and taken away from that so all of those uh, specialty units are designed to um, they were being done but they were being done as ancillary duties for the patrol so it was a part-time function so couldn't really spend a lot of time on a lot of things and if you're doing an ancillary duty To get uh, jobs done, you are not getting. You're not out there in the community doing uh, doing your patrol function. So uh, it's been a good balance, and uh, we we hope that it increases the presence of officers on the street. Actually, having officers doing the doing the ancillary duties full time.
0: Great, thank you. Uh, We've been talking to Chief Joe Dolan of the Salem Police Department. On what's up, Salem? We'll be back after this short break. Welcome back to What's Up Salem? I'm Joe Devine with Ross Moldoff, and we are talking to Chief Joel Dolan. Chief, there's three other topics I think we really want to hit on right now. Um, and I'm going to s- start with Kalia. It's something that's been coming up a lot at the Board of Selectmen level, and, and people have been kind of hearing about it. Um, can you kind of just give a, a quick overview on what CALIA means to the department and what it means to the residents? I know you're looking for some community um, support as far as answering questions and going online doing surveys. So, can you just give a quick overview on what CALIA is about?
1: Sure. CALIA is the gold standard of policies for law enforcement. So, CALIA stands uh, on the Commission of Accreditation of Law Enforcement Agencies. It's national. They're trying to move international in, into Mexico to get some. Um, Police agency south of the border on involved as well, and what it is is it's the they have standards. That the process that we're going for has 188 standards. So our policies and procedures have to meet 188 standards, and it is the, the standards that the commission define and describe as the uh, best practices in law enforcement. So if we're t- if we're to be a professional agency and, and well respected, which is our goal, um, we should be following the best practices. And that that is our guideline. And if you also look at the, the six pillars of 21st century policing, one of the pillars is policy and oversight. So by having an accreditation process like this, we know that our policies are the best that they possibly can be. And then with the oversight is we have to prove that uh, we are working the way our policies tell us we need to work. So CALEA provides that oversight because would not only do, it, the policies are only as good as what the paper that they're written on if you're not walking the walk. You can talk the talk all you want, but you got you have to go out there and walk the walk. So part of the pro- <coughs> excuse me process that we're going through now um, in that we will continue to go through and, and makes it demanding um, is, is what's called proofs. And it's proving that we meet these 188 standards on an annual basis. Great. So we're, we're really looking forward to it. I think it's um, it, it's been time consuming, it's labor intensive, but it, it's something that uh, the community deserves.
2: Great, Chief, what do you see as the future needs uh, for facilities and staffing in the department? Are we adding officers? Do we need to add officers? Likewise, I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, rebuilding the facility uh, or replacing the facility. Could you talk about that for a little bit
1: sure uh, right so right now we're, we're allotted for 70 officers we're at 66. i, I know that uh, we may lose a couple more to um, some, to some federal agencies so we've been doing a good job recruiting it's we're just everybody's trying to hire so federal agencies are trying to hire and and so that uh, we're losing uh, some to some bigger uh, much bigger agencies that we just can't um, compete with but for facilities and staffing uh, I'm comfortable right now, Uh, and we'll monitor it as the town continues to grow and as Tuscan grows out. Uh, I'm comfortable with the number of 70 right now if we can get to the, or when we get to the full staffing at 70 I think we're, we're built in a good place that uh, we can accommodate the most growth I just don't know how much redevelopment there may be in other areas of the town in the future that we'd have to reassess at this time but uh, we're prepared for the, the current growth um, and continue to recruit to fill those uh, facility wise we are just uh, where we've over outgrown that building um, it's outdated I was looking today it was it was Built in 1966, I think they moved in in dis- either December or Jan- De- December of 1966 or January 1967. The addition uh, with, with Chief Ganley was it, that was in early ni- or late 1979, early 1980. So there really hasn't been much done to the police department in 42 years, which we know with the development of the Mall Rockingham Park and some other. Uh, Things along twenty eight in, in the neighborhoods. The town's grown considerably in in forty two years, as, as I'm sure you're aware of. Being I, a, I was the, just going to ask Roger if he remembers right? when uh, that addition was put on. probably <laughs> approved all I, those. I
2: kind of remember some of the growth in town. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's fading. It's um, fading now. Yeah, so, retirement. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that was that was built for probably 35, 40 offices, which was twice the amount that the original building was was built for. And it just doesn't have, it's not ADA compliant. Uh, we have electrical issues because we're trying to, to function in modern techni- technological society in an, in an old 1960s building that wasn't built for it. Uh, the size-wise, there's not enough lockers, there's not appropriate facilities for male and female officers. There isn't enough record storage. We store records off-site. Uh, the plumbing design is failing. The roof, uh, the age of the roof is well within its life cycle. We had that replaced ten years ago. It's just what they had the roof over and the design of the building and some of the vents that are coming up. We've we've repaired those, but they still leak at times. We had to add a triple wide trailer for our detectives uh, and investigations unit. Uh, that's failing. That that floor is, is failing as as we speak, and so it, it would be we the total building between the original building, the addition, as well as the trailer, is about twelve thousand, and we really twelve thousand square feet, and we should really be in a thirty five, thirty six, if thousand square foot facility uh, to meet the current. Needs of the community, uh, and to efficiently operate as a modern police department. But uh, there's oh, been
2: some action on that recently. That, though that's that, where that, I was just going to go. Yeah. yeah,
0: some exciting yeah. things yeah. happened
2: at the April 11th yeah. board
0: of
1: selectmen's meeting. So yeah, we uh, we we are very excited. Uh, you know, and we listened to the community. But we had been out looking for locations, and we we took the feedback from the community. Uh, we took and we did the board uh, accepted that uh, MBAC's recommendation that the new facility should be built on the site of the current facility, Uh, that the site is tried and true. Uh, It's been that that served the community well for the last 56 years, uh, and we hope to serve it well for well into the future. But uh, we're grateful for the the work that we've done with the and the work MBAC has done, the Municipal Building Advisory Committee. And I'm glad that the board accepted the recommendations of the hard work of that committee. uh, And we're moving forward with something in the community because the only I I know of my 20 years here, we've had one municipal building built, and that was uh, Station 2 uh, uh, up in North Salem. it on fire, fire. Yeah. Um, and it's just been uh, we've been I don't say we've been ignored we're, we're addressing issues the building is in as good a shape as it can possibly be in for its age and, and uh, condition and but it's just time for time for the town to but, uh, move forward.
0: I think we have to the stress the importance of the board may also endorse the land, but they've also given you uh, $500,000 worth of funds split between two different sources to actually do the preliminary engineering. And the hope is is to have a warrant article for a new police department on the warrant in 2024.
1: We will, it, yes, that is the hope. And, and we will be working hard this year to get that message out so that it doesn't feel like it's a last minute project. And that we that the town knows that that it's time for this project and that there's no surprises. We will be as open, as transparent as we'll be. We'll be presenting in front of the board. We will be putting conceptual designs. It'll actually be a council at that point, I believe. Correction, the council (laughs) is is coming right up, uh, as well as um, the the, the MBAC meetings are are public. They're they're recorded and and that's public information as well. So none of this is gonna happen behind closed doors. It's going to be a good project for not only the police department, but this, this should be a community project.
0: And just so the public knows, we're talking MBAC, which is Municipal Building Advisory Committee. Um, And like the chief said, those meetings are available. They're all public. They're online on the website. They're on SGTV. So people can go on and view them and see what's being talked, listening to the architects or the engineers as they're giving impact about it.
2: We have about a minute left. Can you give us 30 seconds on what you think the impact of Tuscan Village will be on the police department?
1: You know as you know the conceptual designs uh, it's a moving target for us sometimes it seems and that's no fault of anyone i think that's just been uh, how uh, the society and the economy has has driven the project uh, it's good and it's exciting as a town resident and a town employee to see um you know great growth and, and actually have other reasons for for people to come to salem um it, it's an entertainment there's some entertainment area that um, it is very well done. So uh, we'll monitor it. However, the, the change of to largely residential is, is going to have an impact on on the police department. And we'll monitor that as, as the planning board approves projects and uh, as we see. it. And that might be something that we have to worry about with staffing in the future. But uh, change from some of the where it would be largely re- uh, commercial and retail uh, to residential will have an impact on the police department. It already has our, our cause of increase from three or four there when they first started the construction to over 30. Thirteen hundred last year, so. Uh, we, just at
2: Tuscan Village? Just at what
1: we consider wow. the 160, 70 acres of, of wow. Tuscan Village. Well, wow.
2: thank you very much okay. for coming in, Chief. Very informative, very interesting, and we, we appreciate your being here.
0: Yeah, we want to thank Chief Dolan, and just give a thank you to all your officers that are out there. Protecting the, the residents of Salem is a great thing, so thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. If you want more information on this or any other topic that we've discussed, you can go to our website at what'supsalemnh.com. I'm your host, Joe Devine, with Ross Moldoff. Uh, Thanks for listening to What's Up Salem? What's Up Salem is produced by the town of Salem, New Hampshire, in cooperation with the Salem Community Television and Salem CTE program. I am your host, Joe Devine, with Ross Maldoff. Line recorder today was Emily Watson, editor and producer Nick Donovan. For more information, go to whatsupsalemnh.com or contact us at WhatsUpSalemNH@gmail.com. at gmail.com.